Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Mary Hill Winery. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I am your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy and uh, commodore of cocktails, of course, uh, Baron of Brewskis, and everything that is fun to sip in summer, and I uh, hope you're having a Happy hot summer here on Happy Hour Radio. Um, thanks for joining us every Saturday right here on 570 KVI. We're 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Tell your friends. If you want to learn about the world of wine, spirits, cocktails, and more, it's right here, 570 KVI. So happy uh, uh, having a great summer. How about you? I mean, the weather has been beautiful. It's been hot. It's a really rosé season. And if you haven't got into pink, you got to think pink and drink pink because uh, there's a bunch of great rosés out there in the world. And they're very complex and delicious and refreshing wines. I invite you to try the one I made. It's called Coral Wines. CoralWines.com. You can check it out. We've got a white, a red, and of course, a rosé. And you can find the, the rosés at uh, PCC uh, around the town and uh, of course, uh, Portalis or Bin 41 in Seattle. But uh, definitely try it. CoralWines.com. And if uh, you're getting out and about, uh, I will be at Portalis uh, next Friday, the 31st. And we'll be t- uh, pouring Coral Wines. So come and join me out in Ballard at uh, this cool little shop. It, uh, it's run by Jen Strecker, and he's a, a great wine guy. In fact, he's in studio right here, and uh, I want to welcome to Happy Hour, Jens. Come on in. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much <laughs> for having me. Uh, so excited. So tell us about your history. I know um, we've had the pleasure of uh, you know bumping into each other over the years, and uh, this is my first time to really have a, a great opportunity to uh, learn about your wine world. And um, so when did you get started in wine? Uh, I got started in wine when I came over from uh, Germany in uh, 2000, and uh, I started to work for a company called Best Sellers for oh, right. yeah. Joshua Wesson back in the days, uh, Sommelier of the World, and uh, that's how I got started. Before that, I was a medical doctor, so I switched gears quite a bit. Really? You yes. got an MD? Yeah. Oh, wow. So you were a beer drinker in Germany, I suppose. <laughs> no, I did a lot of wine in Germany, too, okay. but... More on the more on the consumer side. Uh-huh. Um, well, yeah, that's the fun side, right? A lot of fun. No stress on no that side. Stress on the other side. Yeah. But when I come over to Seattle, I wanted to switch gears and uh, wanted to learn more about wine, experience Washington wines, Oregon wines, and use my European wine knowledge. That's great. So uh, you founded this place called Portalis, and originally it was a wine bar, is that correct, in Ballard? Yes. So uh, I worked for Bestsellers for about two years and then started uh, creating Portalis in 2003. And how did you get the name Portalis? It's, uh, we did kind of, a, a, kind of a questionnaire around our uh, friends and people and thought about what sounds best. And Portalis is a Latin word for gateway. Ah. Which is the gateway to the wine world. So if you see our logo, we have a little door in the wine bottle. Ah, I which, like that. Which gets you hopefully into wine. <laughs> if you know the code, you've got the key. It's pretty easy. Speaking with Jen Strucker, is the founder of Portalis, which was a wine bar in Ballard, and now a very cool wine shop. What's your address up there? It's 6754 15th Avenue. We yeah. are uh, 15th and 70th across the street, not far from Delancey's and Brunswick and Hunt. Yeah. Two great restaurants. 
And uh, it's a small retail shop now with a great tasting room. I like that. I mean, uh, it's a nice and easy access to get there. Obviously, 15th, you just, it's, um, it's on Absolutely the corner. Yeah. It's, it's not only easy, we also have parking now. Yeah, um, of course, <laughs> that's a premium in this Seattle era yeah. now with our city council doing all those, yeah. those wine really selections, smart moves. Uh, enhanced a little bit, so we have a little more Washington wines than we used to have on Ballard Avenue. Well, there's plenty of Washington wine, of course, in this world. We've got about 850 wineries now, and I think uh, for people that to uh, Washington wine, there's a lot of similarity, but there's certainly some um, diversity. But wines from Europe have the most diversity. And uh, let's talk about some of the selections you have at Portales. Uh, Portales, I have, uh, we focus a little bit on France, Italy, and Spain as the main focus. We probably sell most, mostly Italian wines. Mm-hmm. Which I experience uh, in the whole market, I think. It, uh, I mean, definitely Washington uh, comes first, and then I think Italy comes second. Very cool. And uh, Italian wines are, are great with uh, nice hearty reds and uh, bright and uh, good tannin and yeah. acidity. Um, what about the German selections from your heritage? Germany is very tough to sell, I have to tell you. And I don't know what the problem is, but I used to have quite some Rieslings from the Mosel uh also pretty famous winemakers, but price, quality-wise, quality is really good, but the prices are very high. And uh, they're not that easy to sell, to be honest. It's interesting. If people really understood what Germany is all about, you'd think, especially in the Mosul, they've got uh, uh, with the Saar River, or the Mosul River, right? And, yes. the, and those hillsides are... 60 degrees steep, right? Absolutely. Hard to get up to, and, and it's really you need like a, to, uh, a a rope tow, like a skiing, to get up there and yeah. to harvest It's all hand harvested. Yeah. There are no tractors or anything who pull the grapes. You need to do everything by hand. That might be the the the, uh, the niche. Is like, this is really artisanal wine because we're working our... We're t- uh, risking our lives to make this kind of wine, and of course they're best known for Riesling and uh, Spätburgunder, which would be the Pinot Noir and... Uh, uh, of course, of a couple other whites that are might people might not know the Sylvaner and the Gewürztraminer. Yeah, Sylvaner is pretty popular. Yeah, uh, even uh, Kerner a little bit. So, Kerner, yeah, uh, and Kerner. Mm-hmm. So trolling a Riesling hybrid, which is very popular now in Alto Adige. Oh, they're growing it there, and, and it's interesting because all those countries are are similar. I mean, there there's regions that. Um, they all connect. There's, there's this point where they connect, and Alto Adige is a perfect example of that, and that's yeah. the uh, the upper right hand of Italy. Right. It's right at the Austrian border. They are basically bilingual. They speak uh, Austrian, German, and uh, Italian, and uh, pretty much influenced by uh, Austria and Germany in terms of life and wine growing. They're making some great wines. It's a pretty exciting region for us all as sommeliers. We're, we're really recognizing some of the terroir that's there. and uh, Clean, crisp, uh, and uh, varietal-driven wines and a great characteristic. Something that uh, will soon become a classic wine in our, in our sommelier world. Yeah, I agree. Some great wines. Um, so you, uh, you were a doctor? Mm-hmm. What, what was your f- field of specialty? Well, my first field was emergency medicine. I did my boards in 1996 in uh, Germany, in eastern Germany, in Dresden. Also, I come from West Germany, but uh, I worked in Dresden. Um, so, Dresden, Saxony. And then in uh, 2000, I finished my anesthesiology board. So, I have actually... <laughs> we always love those anesthesiologists. you got to bring to the parties, right? Right. <laughs> so fun. Uh, Jen Strucker is the um, owner of... 
Portales in Ballard. It's right on 15th and 15th and 70th, right? Yes. Yeah. You have a website? Yeah, it's Portales, www.portaleswines.com. Okay, Portales is P-O-R-T. It's a very interactive website. It is? Yes. You should go on there. There's a lot of blogs. Ah, uh, okay. We'll so check it out. People who write, my and, wife. And what are your hours up there? We open up from 11 till uh, 7. On Sundays from 11 to 5, and then we closed on uh, Mondays. Uh-huh. Good. Have a, have a day off. But tastings every Friday, 5 to 7, whatever I have open. And then Saturdays from 12 to around 5 o'clock on Sunday from 12 to around 5 o'clock. Fine. Well, I will be there, obviously, uh, next Friday and from 5 to 7, pouring yeah. coral wine. So We're excited. very excited. Yeah. And uh, what will you be pouring Saturday? Uh, Whatever you have open? <laughs> yeah. Sat- well, I, I don't even know what we do this Saturday. I'm, I haven't looked yet, but... Uh, well, we'll figure it out. And you go on the website and you probably post that stuff, right? Portalis.com? Right. Yes. Very cool. I see you brought a bunch of wines today, which uh, is uh, kind of the most important part of Happy Hour Radio. And so tell me what wines you brought. Yeah, I brought some uh, very interesting uh, Austrian Grüner single vineyard from a, a producer from uh, Weinviertel, so an hour and a half north of... Uh, the Weinviertel? Weinviertel, yeah. Yeah. So pretty unknown area still, but uh, very upcoming, I think. It's... Uh, uh, producers about an hour and a half north of Vienna. So we're going to taste that. And we have um, um, Pinot Grigio from Venice. It's really? a Gamato, so it's kind of what they call orange. Wine. Yeah, it looks orange from here. I like yeah. you got the orange it, capsule on it. Yeah, it's not a rosé, but it is uh, kind of a full-bodied uh, Pinot Grigio. Interesting. And people don't realize that Pinot Gris has actual some pink color in the skins. Yes. Everyone thinks that Pinot Gris is really white, yeah. but uh, it truly has. When you get that skin contact, that's what gives you that nice color. And there's a word for those wines. A Gris de Gris, is that what it's called? Yeah, Gris de Gris in France. Yeah. yeah. And in Italy, it's called Ramato. So that's what we're going to taste. Ramato. Ramato. Oh, i got to remember that one. Yeah. Not many here in uh, Seattle right now, but if you get your chance, you should try one. And I see a very interesting bottle, a tall Bordeaux-shaped bottle, but it looks a little slimmer. It says Five Oros. What's yeah, that? Yeah, Cinco Oros. Uh, Five Oros is a Rioja producer. Um, it's uh, Isidro Miliago. It's, uh, the thing about this wine is from Rioja, Spain, which is normally dominated by Tempranillo, but this wine is 100% Grenache. Oh, really? Garnacha? Yeah, Garnacha unoaked. Oh, interesting. This yep. is very exciting. Very exciting. Now, how do you find some of these wines? you just uh, find distributors, or I understand you're a distributor as well. Yep. I started an import company about four and a half years ago, and uh, the wines I'm showing today are all imported by us. Cool. I still buy some wine from other distributors here, especially Washington wines. But <laughs> That's right. I came knocking on your door. Yes. <laughs> very cool. And, Yep. Other wine we have, very interesting. We just talked about it, Alto Adige. Uh-huh. I have a Lagrine, which a is Lagrine. a varietal, which is absolutely natural. And that's a this, red grape. Yes, to this area. Mm-hmm. So it's an unoaked uh, Lagrine. It's going to be probably very interesting to taste, too. Fun. Then I brought a Washington wine, a project we just started. 1851 Cellars. Yes, that is actually a project we started about a year ago. So our first vintage, and it's a Cabernet Sauvignon. And 1851 was when, wasn't that when uh, the Denny Party landed in Seattle? Yeah. So November 13th, I think 1851. it was. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I remember that. I'm working at the Rainier Club. I <laughs> took in a lot of uh, a lot of history there. Yes. Um, well, so fun. So we have one, two, three, four, five wines. Uh, we've got Austrian, Italy, uh, Spain, 
another uh, Italian Italian wine and Washington wine. This is really fun. Um, do you you don't do spirits, right? No, nope. we used to do spirits in uh, our old bar, but only at the bar for consumption. But we don't sell any. So Portales carries every kind of wine, right? You have champagne and yep. dessert wines right. and some ports yep. and uh, obviously dry whites and dry reds and and um, lots of different bubbles. Yes. Cava, we're gonna have we have Cremors, uh, the Burgundies, uh, Alsatian, Limo from the Lagadoc, where where sparkling wine was originated, right mm-hmm. in the 1500s. Yes, people don't realize that that uh, France's history in bubbles really began um, in the south of France, there in the Languedoc region, the Limoux. And, yeah, I uh, think actually the, the history of carbonation actually comes back to the British. Uh, when they invented <laughs> it was the cold heat of glass, there. yeah, and they took wines from Champagne and carbonated them. Interesting. Actually, added carbonation. Yes. In the early, I think it was in fourteen. Oh, something. Interesting. Well, maybe we can find that on your website, right? Portalis dot com. Yes. <laughs> Have the pleasure of speaking with Jen Strecker, who is the owner and importer. And do you, is your import company called J Strecker Selections? J Strecker Selections. Ah, I like that. This sounds very, very European. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, European, I've got uh, my friend Luke Wallers, who will, is coming on the show next week, and we're going to chat about some of the, the wines. He's got a little distributorship, which is pretty exciting. And I like all this um, uh, entrepreneurship and, and really the, the chance to get more distribution and, and importing is, is a benefit for all the wine consumers because we have wines that no one's ever tried. And I think that's the best thing is like someone have an adventure in the wine world. Buy something that you're not familiar with and uh, take the advice of uh, wine professionals like Jen Strecker. So when we come back from this break, we're going to jump into some of these wines. I'm really excited about uh, the Weinvertel, and that's what you call it. We've got a, uh, the Austrian wine and the Italian wine and, of course, Rioja. Yes. So um, stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. And if uh, you want to check us out, uh, please visit our website. It's uh, happyhourradio.net. You can find a host of our previous shows and uh, some upcoming shows. And if you are on the Twitter sphere and I hope you are you gotta get uh, send us a tweet it's happy HR radio at happy HR radio so stick around grab yourself a glass of something good we'll be right back on happy hour radio This is Ernesto Baida, winemaker for Catena Zapata Wines. You are listening to Happy Hour Radio at 570 KVI. A look at the world from a Northwest perspective. Lars Larson, live, weekdays, noon to 3. Talk Radio 570 KVI, want to know weekends continue. Now back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right. Happy Saturday night. Hope you're having a good time, either uh, driving to someplace fun or sitting at home and pouring some good juice. Or a cocktail or a beer. Whatever you got in your glass is cool with me. And I'm excited to have uh, three wines in my glasses. Uh, I'm going, I need a third hand here. I've got Jen Strecker in studio, who is the, uh, well, the owner and importer for Portalis and Jay Strecker Selections. He's up in Ballard on 15th Avenue. And if you want to visit his website, it's portalis.com. Got uh, lots of interesting information. 
information on there, and of course, a whole host of wine tastings. And I'll be there this Friday, um, Friday the 31st, up there from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Come up, come on by, and join me uh, for a little glass of Coral Wines. Uh, we've got the white, the red, and the rosé. It's CoralWines.com. But right now, I've got a little white in my glass, and let's talk about uh, this wine yes. and um, the Weinvertel region. So uh, there are a bunch of regions in Austria, the Österreich, uh, Weinvertel, the yeah. Kamptal, the well, Kremstal. Yeah. The most famous one's probably Burgenland, just south of Vienna, and the Wachau. The Wachau, yes. Direct at the Donau River. The Wachau, the... yeah. Mm-hmm. Very scenic uh, wine-growing area. It's fun to drive along the Danube River and then see all these vineyards just going up the hills. I took a train into Austria from France one time, and I was just amazed at how high those peaks were and just coming into it. It was very, very awe-inspiring, and uh, we, we hung out at Innsbruck. I went yes. to Innsbruck for uh, a day and had a good time, and... <laughs> that was a long time ago. Actually, actually, that was 20 years ago, 1995. I did a whole European trip with my buddy. Uh, and funny enough, we didn't taste any Austrian wines. I think we were just drinking beer. They yeah, got that strong beer I think Innsbruck is there. more known for beer, and uh, the wine would be just south of it if you go towards Italy and you go into the Alto Adige. Yeah. Uh, I love those European strong beers. You get that can, it's like 8.6. <laughs> uh, so fun. Well, let's talk about this wine. So the, this is a Gruner Veltliner. Um, we call it groovy or, uh, you know, it's a groovy wine. All the sommiers are into it. Um, it's quite an interesting wine. It's a white yes. wine. Uh, it, it's somewhere between a Albarino meets uh, Pinot Grigio. It's kind of in the middle, but it has a little more herbaceousness to it. Absolutely. And, uh, and it has, uh, it's a little fresher, I would say. Mm-hmm. A uh, little, little sharper acidity. Uh, this producer is uh, coming from the wine fiddle, which is about an hour and a half north of Vienna, towards the Czech border. If you drive too fast, you're going to go to the casinos in the Czech Republic. <laughs> there are no borders anymore, so <laughs> all you see are the blinking, flashing lights. Is that it? Yes, and you know you Yield. missed your turn. <laughs> so before you hit the Czech Republic, about 10 miles, you take a left turn and you get into the wine fiddle. There are about 50 producers. And I think this is one of the best. His name is Franz Prechtel. It's a small family operated uh, winery. They also have uh, in the summer an, kind of like a wine bar in their village, right where the winery is, hmm. where you can uh, eat and drink. What's the village again? Sellendorf. Sellendorf. Yeah, Sellendorf. Hour and a half south of north Vienna. north north, north. north you need Vienna. to go north got it yes and uh, it's worth a trip though the, i'll tell you that how do you say it prechtel prechtel yeah prechtel and that's p-r-e-c-h-t-l correct it's rare that you see uh you know w- names or words with four consonants in a row yeah <laughs> prechtel so this is a family what's the history here how when did they get started i know there's a lot of history in germany is yeah it- well his parents were more farmers so they were like real farmers like a lot of these people in that area. Overalls and everything like that? Yep. Big tractor. Yes, tractors, pigs. <laughs> Actually, where the wine bars right now, the outside wine garden used to be where the pigs were running around. You wouldn't uh, recognize it. <laughs> Hopefully not. Not stepping something kind of yes. um, unsavory. But, so he he uh, studied enology and then is actually the first in the family who was making wine. And when, uh, came, when this gets started? In the 90s? No, I think a little earlier. I think the 80s. Very cool. So it's this, uh, um, how many wines they produce? Of course, we have the Gruner Veltliner here. Yeah, they, they uh, uh, produce about six uh, different Gruner Veltliners. Really? Different soils, 
some are blended together, some vineyards are blended together. Like he has several single vineyards, and then he has some uh, two, which are aged in oak barrels, which makes it a little heavier. A All little neutral oak, typically. Yeah, yeah. So we talk about the soils in Austria. What soils are we? Are we what's the difference of soils here? We've got uh, well, limestone, or yeah, this this wine it says on the label is less, which is kind of a sandy soil. Mm-hmm. If you get in the area, there's a lot of sandy. Soil. It's kind of windblown, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's very light and delicate. Yes, and so it makes the Grüner Berliner a little lighter. Okay. But on the same side, he has some vineyards where uh, the wines are grown on, they call it Urgestein, which is nice, which is a very rocky, hard, rocky granite almost soil, which gives uh, the wines a way more mineral character. Yeah, G-N-E-I-S-S. Yes. Gneiss. Gneiss. Yeah. Nice gnice. Yeah. <laughs> like gnip gnop. <laughs> so that's two different soils. So we have Lus, which is uh, L-O-E-S-S. Yeah. And it's an O-Omlaut. Uh, we see that on, on Austrian labels quite a bit. It's yes. um, very tied into the They uh, want to tell you that some of these wines are softer than in style uh-huh. than the others, which are grown on more rocky soil. I haven't seen one with nice, though. I haven't seen the Gneiss Well, la- I should have brought one today. It says Urgestein on there. Urgestein? Urgestein. What does Urgestein like, mean? It's like the old Gneiss. It's like old rocky soil. <laughs> cool. Okay, well, let's try this one. I'm, you've got all this make me thirsty. I want to see if I can t- tell the soil component, the minerality here in this one. Yes. So this is a Gruner Veltliner. It's a 2012 vintage. It's from the Weinvertel, or the Weinvertel. Weinvertel. Weinvertel, and uh, 2012. Um, yep, interesting t- about Austrian wines is that many have that... Uh, that the cap, the cap has a um, sort of a do not enter sign kind of thing. It's got uh, a red cap, uh, a red red circle, and then a white stripe goes through it. Yeah, these are the national colors of the Austrian flag. Yeah, makes sense. Is, red and white. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's tell me about this one. I'm gonna take a sip. So what you taste here is, you have as first of you uh, the aromas here are very fresh, mm-hmm. very fresh wine. Also, it's not. Uh, well, I think this is the current vintage, actually. You just released the 2013. And what stainless you, steel or oak? This is all stainless steel. Yeah, I didn't get any oak notes. Of course, neutral, but you got to yeah. taste that in the palate no, if you get There's it. no oak on this one in any way. It's very fresh, nice, kind of almost a little exotic fruit. Yeah, I was going to say there was um, kind of a star fruit, a little, um, and then some melon, yep. some pear notes. Um, it's quite. It's a very pleasant aroma. Quite floral, um, but more in that fruit tone floral. Yes. I just took a sip. Um, interesting about Gruner. I have not been a fan. I got to be honest. Gruner was not on my list of, of wines that I, I go act, actively seeking to for my enjoyment. But um, and I hate to say this, but <laughs> I mean I'd love to say that this is this is very pleasant. I think on the mouth, it's a, there's a richness to it. There's a gentil, um, and the acid is just bright enough to sort of pique your interest um, a little bit of yeast on here there's a little bit of autolysis or uh, just a hint of that bread note yes they get some uh, time on Sir Lee uh, yeah I think a little bit yeah he does what do they say that, how do they say that in Austrian uh, I don't know <laughs> I I don't know but he does quite a bit especially with his uh, 
Grüner Berliners, he has uh, an oak barrels. He leaves them mm. on these, uh, way heavier than this one here. That's very pleasant. I think, you know, for most Grüner Berliners, they're known for their white radish or a radish note or some celery. Um, so they have a little bit of that bitter green finish on, on these wines. And um, I think that's that's good when you're pairing it with food. But drinking by the glass, I think this is delicious. What does this run? Uh, this in the in a shop would run about seventeen dollars. Oh, that's a deal! Dollars. Great. Uh, we always love wines that are delicious and interesting. That are under twenty bucks. Yeah. Because um, we can. It's an easy, easy uh, purchase, and you know, it's not taking a big risk. And I think you'd love it. So again, it's a uh, Prechtel uh, Gruner Veltliner from Austria, two thousand twelve. And let's jump into this uh, orange wine quickly. We've got uh, just a few more minutes here. Um, orange wine. It's quite a beautiful uh, orange patina color. It's just a hint of. Um, it reminds me of sort of a, a cantaloupe juice. If you would have put the cantaloupe, um, just let it drain, and you get that nice pinkish orange color. Um, tell me about this wine. This comes from the. Uh, it's a Pinot Grigio, and yeah, it's called Romata. This wine is uh, Tenuta Corte Giacobi. The producer is the Dolcero family. They're outside in outside of Venice in a town called Ronca. And uh, they produce mainly Pinot Grigio and some really good Suave. This one is what they call Ramato, which is an orange wine. It's Pinot Grigio on the skins, unfiltered, and uh, has uh, six hours of skin contact. Ah, uh, I Best, love it. Which makes that wine, a Pinot Grigio, a little bit fuller and flashier than your kind of normal Pinot Grigio. Well, I'm excited. So when we come back from this break, I'm going to take a taste, and we're going to talk about this lovely orange wine from Italy. And speaking with Jen Strecker, the owner of Portalis up there in Ballard, on 15th and 70th, open 11 to 7, uh, Tuesday through Saturday. Sunday. Sunday, Tuesday through Sunday. So check yes. it out. We've got a, a wine tasting this Friday. Um, that's me, Coral Wines. So uh, come visit me 5 to 7 this Friday, July 31st at Portellas. So stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Jake Kossif with Miller's Guild Restaurant. You're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KVI. The Commute with Carlson, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. on Talk Radio 570 KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. It's time for round three, and uh, I've got a great glass of orange wine from Italy, speaking with Jen Strecker, the owner of Portalis. So, Jens, let's talk about this orange wine. This is a Pinot Grigio. It's called Romato. Yes. Um, it means it's uh, been sitting on the skins, and, and Pinot Grigio is a, a grape that has a little bit of pink in it. Right. So the natural, actually, color of the grape is, uh, you would say, pink-orange, almost salmon-orange, so lighter orange. And this is what you see here. Uh, when the vine is not unfiltered and stays on the skin contact a little bit. 
very f- delicious wine, very interesting wine. It's um, it's quite, it's not quite as fresh as the Gruner that we tasted, but what I find is that uh, with the extra skin contact, you get a little more acidity here. Yes, more acidity, yes, a little bit more body, it's yeah. a little bit more fleshy. The perfect wine for salmon and some other heavier fish. It's quite fish. a clean wine, too. I mean, you know, Pinot Grigio is, is somewhat of an innocuous wine. It's kind of the great quaffer, um, but this gives it a little more, I'll give it a little more twang, a little more um, that body and that richness, and even the color sort of plays with your mind, like, hmm, there's more there. Yeah. It's funny how, I mean, I, I cheers to all the people who are colorblind. <laughs> you won't be able to appreciate some of this, uh, but quite a delicious wine, and this is called, uh, who's it from? Uh, it's uh, producers called Hinuta Corte Giacobi. It's the Dolcero family, and uh, comes from Venice, the Venice area, which is always very attractive. From yeah, Venice. That's Venice. great, romantic. Yes. Veno- Venezia. Venezia, uh, lovely. What's this run? Uh, retail about seventeen bucks, sixteen bucks. Uh, perfect. Depends on the shops. This is a really exciting wine. If you've never had it, you got to get out there. Check it out, Portales. Um, ask for the. Uh, the orange wine, and Jens will take care of you. So next up, we're going to red, and uh, I think he poured me a Rioja. It's called uh, Cinco Oros. Cinco Oros, yeah. The five gold coins. Uh, the producer is uh, Isidro Milago. Isidro? Is, yes, Isidro Milago. So uh, they make all kinds of uh, styles of Rioja, but this one is a very interesting one. It's mm-hmm. an unoaked... 100% Garnacha, so 100% Grenache, which are actually up and coming now in the Rioja area. Now, some producers do it with a lot of oak, and it's a pretty big, full-body Grenache. This one is unoaked, a little bit smoother in style. I think very easy to drink. I love the aroma here because what you're getting is pure grape, and there's a sense of just uh, sweetness on that that nose, which gives, makes you think of um, a touch of vanilla. That there could be oak, but of course we always say I'll defer to the palate to confirm that there's oak on this wine. So I'm going to take a taste, and this is 100% uh, Garnacha, which is Grenache, and I, it's kind of rare that you get 100% Grenache anywhere in the world. There's a couple in the Rhone Valley. I know that they do some, yes, um, but really, who else is doing that? Um. Oh, uh, Australia. What Maybe. about Washington? <laughs> there must be a couple, a couple of producers here. Yeah, there's here a couple like. producers here, yeah, and, and they're doing a good job. It's really exciting. I think uh, Betts might do one, and uh, we'll figure that out. But let's taste this one here. I love it. Radio silence. Yeah. <laughs> Super mm. easy to drink. Very nice food. Little spices. Even a little cinnamon. Cloth. Yeah, that's there's just a hint of exoticness in this wine, and uh, it's interesting because we we typically associate cinnamon, clove, and nutmeg and things, baking spices with uh, oak usage, but this is really pure fruit. Correct. Tannin is very soft. Yes, that's very interesting too for stainless steel. You'd think that sometimes you'd get a little more firmness of the tannin, but um, or they must be doing some soft uh, pump over remontage or just to get some of that color. Or is it the Grenache just soft in general? I think uh, it depends. Uh, this one are a little bit younger wines, so yes, they're a little bit softer. Mm-hmm. Quite That's that spice ten. note, and it, there's a a polish to the wine, but on the finish you get a little bit of that uh, European taste. Yes, um, and this is from Rioja, so uh, called Cinco Oros or Five Oros, and Oros means coins, I guess. Yes. gold coins. There are five gold coins on the label. Uh-huh. What uh huh. What is this run? 
this is uh, very you know, expensive, between twelve and thirteen bucks. Oh my goodness! You're and you break can uh, the buy it. We have it in uh, several grocery stores, wine shops. I actually seen the label before, and I was always curious what it was. And uh, you know, I, I think Rioja is there's so many different styles of Rioja that it's it's kind of um, you have to know the producer and see if that's the style you like because some are old world, I mean, really old and dusty and and baked and yes. um, you know old style Rioja. right. And then there's new, the fresher version. Uh, love it, 100% Grenache from Rioja, which is uh, quite novel. So the next wine is uh, Castelfeder. Yeah, Castelfeder is named after an ancient hill in Alto Adige. This is a producer uh, out of um, it's south of Bolzano in Neumarkt Egna. Uh, they have vineyards all over the Alto Adige Valley, and uh, this is a hundred percent Lagrine, which is again unoaked. You would think it is oaked, but it's not. It's actually fermented stainless steel and uh, cement. And cement. Yes. <laughs> and the cement gives us actually a little spice, I heard. A little more mineral, earthiness. But kind of a full-bodied Lagrine here. Yeah, this is this is definitely has more uh, weight to it than the Grenache, um, quite interesting enough. And we, we don't taste Lagrine enough uh, in my world of wines. And um, this is quite, uh, I want to say exotic, but it's there's a very interesting um, dusty, mineral character to it and uh, the fruit is ripe it's mostly uh, dark blue and, and dark red fruit um, and a hint of spice on that finish it's yeah. it's got the little bit of uh, you know I'm so I'm there, that's where you find the difference because again it's a polished wine well made stainless steel so it's clean uh, but you get on the finish you've got uh, just a hint of um, a little more firm tannin yes. um, but it's uh, it's pleasant it's not astringent at all yeah yeah very I would say very easy to drink for the body of the wine. That's tasty. That's interesting, too. That's kind of fun for 12 to $13. Yeah, this one is about uh, 15 Oh, sorry. 15, yeah, the, the Oros was uh, 12 to 13 yeah. yeah, 16 Great. So Castelfeder, it's um, from Italy, the Alto Adige. Alto Adige, the, northern Italy, almost Austria. And the grape is called Lagrine. Lagrine. Fun. Well, I love it. I've tried some new wines here that I've never had before, and uh, that's that's always a treat for me. And I invite all our listeners out there to check out Portalis. Speaking with Jen Strecker and Jens, you've got uh, finally a Washington wine here, and this is interesting because we talked about 1851, the uh, birth year of the city of Seattle. Yes. So uh, this is a product we just uh, produced with uh, the Wallach Sloop Wine Company, which is actually a brand. So Josh Malone is the winemaker is behind that project. Um. Which we did together, and this is uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, eighty-three percent. But we blended some Cabernet Franc. Some uh, I can taste the Franc in there. Petit Verdot, yeah, it's ten percent Cabernet Franc, five percent Petit Verdot, and two more back. That's fun. And uh, the Wallach's, uh Wine Company is great because you went out there and helped blend it. Yes. Yeah. Fun. Uh, this is Screw Top. It's uh, obviously a big, bold label. I like that. 1851. And um, interesting, did you have a little history of Seattle on the back? Is there something? Yeah, like there's a little history about We have the mammoths on there. We have. Uh, we also produce the Chardonnay, but we have the oh, the woolly state mammoth. flower, the dahlia on, on, on the label. Where'd you find the woolly mammoth logo? Uh, we, created, we have a friend who created it. Oh, fun. Yes. She's, she's a designer. and doesn't look woolly enough, though. <laughs> Needs more facial hair, <laughs> like you and me. Um, so this is eighty-three uh, percent cab, ten percent cab for all five petit verdot. No, 80, so eighty-five, ten, five. Yeah. Cool. Um, it's a delicious wine. I, I, this is soft. What? This is twelve vintage or thirteen? 
Uh, this is 2013 vintage. It was just released. You already find it in some grocery stores. Mm. I mean, you already stacked it up. But uh, it's a very easy drinking wine. Lots of dark fruit, dark chocolate. I agree. Um, tannin is very smooth, very supple tannin. Yes. Um, what a so treat. What we try to do is create a wine uh, we get good quality for not too much money. So very reasonable priced, I think, Cabernet. Uh, I mean, that chocolate note, you're so right. It's on the, the dark chocolate note. It's like a 68% cocoa <laughs> no, Yeah. That'll be something while some of the A's will say, I get a 68% dark chocolate cocoa note here. <laughs> That'll be precise. Because they got the chocolate, what do you call it, a cocomelier or something? We can yeah, call yeah, it yeah. make a new term. Well, it's so fun, Jen Stricker. What does this wine run? That one runs about thirteen bucks, uh, twelve to thirteen. It depends so on the shop. great values up there at Portalis, and uh, delicious wines. Certainly interesting and all very flavorful and um, well balanced, well made wines. Uh, it's been such a treat. So Jen Strecker, the owner of Portalis, thank you so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, and I'll see you uh, next Friday, uh, yeah. July. 31st. Very excited. Love your rosé. Oh, thank you very Some much. Some people already think it's all French, but it's not. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that was the goal, and that's very flattering. So I'll see you next Friday, July 31st, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. at Portales. Invite everybody to come check it out, uh, meet Jens, and uh, check out the wine shop. It's really cool. The wines, you can you can see all the wines well. It's not like a big grocery store that's over you know um, overpowering with just so many labels and prices. I mean, it's very well thought out, and it's very comfortable. You can take your time to peruse and, and really make a thoughtful wine decision and uh, not feel like you're pressed uh, to you know pick something you know. Yes. I think that's the challenge. Yeah. Uh, so thank Thanks so much. Stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. I've got uh, uh, the reality radio segment, A Day in the Life with Mary Hill Winery. So stick around and pour yourself another glass on Happy Hour Radio. I'm Jeffrey Dorgan with the Space Hill Restaurant, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KBI. Only one station has Sean Hannity. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. on Talk Radio 570 KBI. It's KBI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. All right, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. We had a great time with Jen Strecker at Portalis Winery, Winery, Portalis Wine Shop, Portalis.com. I'll be doing a tasting there next Friday. And now it's time for some reality radio. I've got uh, our day in the life of Mary Hill Winery. And my pleasure to welcome back Craig Luthold, who's co-owner of Mary Hill. Craig, welcome to Happy Hour. Thanks, Christopher. Great to be back. And uh, I know I've missed you a little bit, and uh, it's interesting because time has flown by. Every day has has seemed like the same day. It's almost Groundhog Day in July. It's this beautiful weather, and wow, I can't complain. No doubt. It's hard to believe we're in the middle of summer. Yeah, totally. And uh, I know one thing, that I'm certainly missing those fabulous concerts down there, but you're you're doing some new work uh, on that scene? We are. We're actually uh, putting in a... A, a secondary exit at our overflow parking at the Mary Hill Museum. We're right in the middle of getting all the permits uh, done on that. We had to do an antiquity study and, of course, all of the engineering and everything with Washington State Department of Transportation. And so it's been a pretty drawn-out process, but uh, things are moving right along, and uh, we hope to start construction probably early fall and 
have her done, um, I'm guessing, within a month or so after that. Very cool. And so you'll have a full concert series next uh, summer, right? We sure will. That's awesome because, uh, you know, outdoors, beautiful weather, um, drinking wine and rocking out is my kind of time. So, so fun. And speaking of the weather, I know it's been uh, it's been really warm this year. And, you know, we love it in Seattle because it's typically gloomy over here. But we also know that uh, the rain shadow of those cascades blocks out the rain for most of eastern Washington. Tell me how you're doing with uh, the vineyards and the, the copious amounts of sunshine. You know, we actually have had more than 20 days over 100 degrees, and a couple of them were over 110. It was 112 what? one day and 110 the next. Holy smokes. That's yeah, that's amazing. Un- unbelievable heat. That's got to be unbelievable records. Heat. Those are records. I mean, oh, 110. Sure. The, month of, the month of June clearly has to be, uh, you know, the, the hottest month of June ever recorded. And, you know, it's kind of interesting the way it's affected the vineyards because, uh, bloom happened so early. We had a very early spring, and um, everybody was thinking that, you know, we were three weeks ahead. And uh, this heat has actually kind of tempered things oh, a little bit yeah. because, interestingly enough, you know, plants stopped producing chlorophyll over 95 degrees. And we had some days where it was eight or 10 hours a day that, would it, that it was over 95 degrees. So the plants kind of go into a semi hibernation. And it slowed things down a little bit, although I'm guessing that we're still overall ahead of an average year just because we were so, so early. Yeah, with all the uh, the great weather in uh, March, April, and May, just got those vines uh, juiced up. So um, do you have exactly. to ha- have a different canopy management? Were you prepared for this yeah. kind of heat? You, you know, um, everybody kind of saw it coming, and so we didn't do a lot of... Uh, leaf thinning or shoot thinning uh, like we normally would do in June. Uh, you just don't want to do that and expose the fruit to this uh, excessive heat because uh, it will cause some sunburn on the fruit. Although, um, you know, sunburn is the worst during verasion when the, the oh. grapes turn from uh, green to purple because they kind of come translucent and the sunlight goes through and it actually will sunburn the interior of the grape <laughs> and it causes the grape to shrivel. So... so that's amazing. So really that uh, giant ball of burning uh, hydrogen <laughs> gives some radioactive notes to the grapes, huh? Absolutely. Exactly. So we, we're thinking that what the, what the long-term effects are is that if we don't get any more heat spikes and summer kind of continues along a, a normal course, and, and for us that means temperatures in the high 80s to mid-90s during the day and and temperatures into the 60s at night. If, if we get that kind of weather for the rest of the summer, we probably will have one of the earliest harvests ever recorded in the Pacific Northwest. And in addition, um, uh, some people are talking about this heat actually reducing yield slightly because it oh. could reduce ber- berry size. Right. So the, the, the overall development of the berries might be a little bit smaller because right now is when uh, berries tend to develop their size. And with the success of heat, we may see um, a little reduction in, uh, in the overall size of the berries, which, of course, will reduce tons per acre. But it's a little bit too early to tell if there was an effect. that We've never had a heat spike this early that anyone can ever remember. And so as a consequence, we're kind of dealing with issues that no one's ever really had to face before. 
Well, that's amazing, and uh, I'm so glad to catch up with you. Um, when we come back next week, I want to learn what's happening down there at Mary Hill Winery and uh, get all the tasting hours. What are your tasting room hours again? We're 10 to 6 daily, um, 7 days a week, almost year-round. We just close uh, Christmas Day, New Year's Day, and Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> well, good for you. you got to make some turkey. Well, Craig Luthold, thanks again Absolutely. for joining me on A Day in the Life of Mary Hill Winery. I'll chat with you next week. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Christopher. I want to thank my friends Jen Strecker and, of course, Craig Luthold for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Uh, if you have a, a question, comment, join us, send me an email, send me a tweet, and Happy Hour Radio. Remember, folks, life is always better with the designated driver. Cheers. Cheers.